You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. 7 o'clock hour in the books, big 8 o'clock hour coming up, including our weekly visit with Gus Cattengill. Jake, how fired up do you think Gus is about our pals? Our pals? <laughs> Get out of here. I'm sure he's through the roof about the pals. Gus, how many times have you heard that in the last uh, week? Oh, my team, the pals. Dude, I'm telling you, it's hilarious. I was doing a hit on um, on uh, Freddie and James. It's the, the ESPN night show. And um, we're, we're doing Man, the drafting, and we're, we're yeah, we're exactly terrible. Um, and not only that, but I hit earlier in the day in Louisville, like three different ones yesterday, essentially out of market. We were talking, and eventually got to the Pels. And you know, I was asked like, "What's it like?" The, the jam, like the, the only thing I can I can like say that gives you a sense of how things have turned is. Most of the calls, texts, and tweets were fire gentry, clean house, team's got to go for a good portion of the year, to I can't go to Walmart this weekend, I think Sam's, the gym, um, two other times over the weekend when I was with friends where people came up to me and said, bring on the Warriors, bring on the Rockets, think about that. People want the defending NBA champions. People want to face the number one seed in Houston. I, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, it's I love it. It's fantastic. It goes to show you what in four games um, that the fans have come to really you know feel and expect. And, and like I said, look, you had your your diehard, as I call them, the five to eight thousand. You know that were there for most of the season. You add two or three more when they were adding a few more wins, but sold out Smoothie King centers have happened twice. I'm talking about to the level that you saw, you know, in games three and four. There were a few games that said there were sellouts. You know, when the Cavs are here, Lakers. I think we're another one. Golden State is too. Um, I'm talking like every butt in the seat, every chair used, and for the most part, if not all, cheering for your bells. That's what it was like, and um, I love it. Because, look, I, I'll say this. With both of those teams, and I, and I think the, the fever has caught on to fans, which is why they're chanting, bring on the Warriors and bring on the Rockets. But I also think it's, you know, they've seen this year, this team play those two teams, and they've competed against them. I'm not saying they're good as them, better, can beat them. Look, it, it's one thing to have to beat them once, right, or you're close in a game, you're going to have to beat the Rockets and Warriors four times, and that's that's the thing. Do I think they can beat them once? Do I think they can beat them twice? Absolutely. I mean, you look at the games against the Warriors this year, guys, and um, you know, they, they were up, I want to say, twice by 20 points, and a third time by 12 to 15 points for a good portion of the game and just couldn't close out. And then the last team of the regular season, they had another big lead. We're almost about to dwindle it, but held off over at Oracle Arena. So 
there's one thing I can take away from that. This team isn't scared of the Warriors. This team can feels like they can win at Golden State. You go back a couple of years ago, games two and three, the Pels should have won on their way to being swept, but this is a more talented team, and their their biggest advantage is they got Rajon Rondo, a guy that's not going to get you know, out of sorts of whack when it comes down to big key moments to be able to help them. And I thought we saw a step in game four, Aaron, that stood out to me that gives me hope to think that it can make it a series. And you just want it to be a series, right? If you're a fan, you want it to be a series. Because think of what I just told you, that you can make it a series against a team that's been the number one seed in the West that went 12-0 last year into the finals, that is a, what, two, three-time NBA champion that your team can now make it a series against them, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, you've come a long way to where, you know, we're not sitting here right now and you're telling me, hey, great job in the first round, too bad they're about to get swept. So uh, do you want the Warriors to finish off the Spurs tonight or do you want this series to go a little bit longer? Because if they take care of business tonight, from what I understand, uh, the series will start Saturday or Sunday, correct? And then, of course, the status right. of Steph Curry is still up in the air. Exactly. It's it's really whether or not you, you want Steph Curry in the game or not. You know, the longer this series takes to wrap up, you know, Steph Curry can come back. I still think you see Steph Curry in game two no matter what, whether this series starts or not. I mean, I think Steve Curry and them are playing little mind games. Um you know, I saw a thing on the jump last week where Steph, where Steve Kerr's like, oh, you know, it's going to be a couple of weeks and until he can run up and down the court. And behind him, Steph Curry's taking jump shots and he's running around the court. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like, um, you know, like doing a game, though, it's completely different than shooting around on a gym just to get your shots in. Um, I think all along they knew he was going to be able to come into the second uh, round. I, I Look, I... I do think the Pels have the Warriors' attention. I don't know how much of that Draymond Green bite back on March 8th, 9th, where um, he was asked about Houston. He said, hey, they're doing great, but look at what New Orleans is doing. I don't know if you remember that. I mean, James Harden talked about the 10-game winning streak, and he broke down the trends. Like, he knew an awful lot about a Pels team that was trying to fight to be in the postseason. So, again, it goes to the four games they've played. I think they match up against them. Um I was saying going into game three, the thing that stood out to me, or actually after game three on our Friday show last week, I said, you know, look, hear me out. Don't, don't think I'm, I'm out of my mind here. But if they didn't remind you of the, the, the blueprint or mold of what the Golden State Warriors are, I mean, it's, it's easy to go, that's not them right now. But you're looking at a Golden State Warriors team that started that imprint and mold with Mark Jackson. I mean, it's been a while, right? I mean, you're, it's five, six, seven years to where they are right now to this point or even last year. We're just seeing maybe the inception of what Alvin Gentry's vision was, and he said this after game four. This is the vision that I wanted when I took this job. Remember, Ryan Anderson, you know, Eric Gordon. I mean, those guys were counted on to, to be able to do this. He thought Holiday would be the guy maybe that what Rondo can sort of be A D but you know, either injuries, I mean, what one season, 200-something-plus games lost by starters. So you don't have players, you don't have people on the court. It's hard to be that way. But the reason I, I call them like the light beer to the Warriors, right? You got Bud Bud Light, you know, Ultra, I mean, however you want to look at it. It's not, it's 
not the Warriors. That's not what I'm saying. But they're darn near close. They're tops of the league in pace, and that's the one thing that you identify the Warriors with, right? An up-and-down, fun game, threes going everywhere. But what do I always say when I talk to people about the Warriors? The thing you don't remember or you tend to overlook and forget because of the flashy threes and the good passing and everything, it's a really good defensive team. It's a really good defensive team. You have a physical presence down low with Draymond Green who can also run up the court and hit threes and do all those things. Doesn't he kind of remind you what Meritich can sort of do, right? The guy rebounds. The guy, I mean, he guarded the, you know, Nurkic in game four. Meritich did. He can hit threes. He can pass. He can get jumpers. And you got AD who Golden State doesn't have. You can almost say that AD is the bigger version of a Draymond Green. Um, you have guys now knocking down shots all the way around. Drew Holiday is almost like a Steph to the clay type person that can get to the rim and do that. And Rondo's a guy that's not going to make those mistakes. So it's very similar in terms of pace, defensive pressure, the ball movement when they're playing well, the defensive rotation, seeing people dive and everything. You tend to forget that. But when you watch Golden State play, and they're going to play tonight, watch them play because I think they close up San Antonio. The crowd will be nuts. Watch when they are hitting their stride. You know, they're 9-2 runs. They're 11-4 runs. That's a staple of the Golden State Warriors. You're close. You're close. You get two bad shots. You, know, you air ball or you, you get a turnover. It turns into a three. I watched game three. Dude, was that not the Pelicans? I mean, if there was a turnover or something, it came down to a three. There was one play AD. Dives on the ball. Gets it on the floor. Throws it over his shoulder. It finds its way to Darius Miller two seconds later for a three. I mean, that's, that's Golden State basketball. So that's why I think this could be a series. So I think they beat them in four. You've got to give the edge to the champs. You've got to knock them off before you get me to believe. But if you can make games close into the fourth, dude, that, that's to me exceeding expectations as a fan because I thought getting into the second round would, would be an accomplishment. But – you walk around the city right now, people are, people are openly saying Western Conference Finals. Mm. Well, Gus, uh, they certainly always love the Saints, and, of course, the success that they had last year in the draft. You look at this year, and, of course, the Saints, I believe, have eight picks, but just two in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think they package some of this and try to move up? What do you think Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton's strategy will be? By two things. You've heard... Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton this offseason, senior bowl owners meetings, et cetera, say they're not they're not they're not keeping all eight. Okay, I mean they're 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 they've said that um, in one shape, way, or form. Two, if you got people back from IR last year, they were injured, and you add the free agents that they picked up, you can't use all eight. There's no I mean to expect them to get to the roster spot like you, you don't have roster spots. Um, so. I think that's one thing you look at. There's no way they're staying at, I mean, keeping all eight. So, yes, absolutely package. I think they definitely try to get into the second round one way, shape, or form. Um, never have they gone back. I think it has to make sense to go back. When you take a look at the Rams acting the way like they, you know, they they took this offseason approach like they won three games last year and added talent. I think the Eagles are still going to be good. I mean, we can't overstate how good Minnesota was. And then you add a really nice quarterback, you know, and Kirk Cousins. So they're not going to drop off. 
your division had two other teams that went to the playoffs. And you look at the schedule. Now, granted, the rest of the NFC South also has to play the schedule. But you're looking at, if you're just using the teams that were in the postseason last year, the home schedule, five out of eight, were playing five playoffs. Your two division teams, and then you know three teams that were in the playoffs last year, including the Steelers, including the Eagles, the Rams. And on the road, you're doing at least two with Atlanta and Carolina. Now, would any of the other teams be a playoff team this year? I don't know. Will the Falcons and Panthers be playoff teams? I don't know. Chances are, though, they're going to be pretty good. I mean, they're not going to be terrible. Right? I mean, I don't see them having a terrible year to where you could walk through them. Tampa beat you at the end of the year. So I, I, it's going to be difficult you know, this season as to where they go and what they do. But you have to make sense of your draft. And I think because of all of that, they don't stay at 27. I honestly, my heart of heart feel they're going to move up some or move up a lot. Now, you move up a lot to me, it tells me they go in quarterback. Like if you're in the top 10 to 12 and you see bottom left corner, trade, Saints logo pops up, there's a quarterback on the board, either Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson, they're probably going that way. I mean, that, that would be my guess. If you see them in the team, they're probably going for some sort of a difference maker. Um, on that show, I was telling you about the, the ESPN night show last night that we're doing the mock drafts, right? So I was picking for New Orleans. So I'm going through all my stuff last night. I've done three already this week. Atlanta radio station, um, Louisville was one, and then you know ESPN. And I picked tight end for most of them. And then last night I'm sitting there and, Guys, I think I talked myself into Jair Alexander, the quarterback from Louisville. And the reason I talked myself into it was this, because I'd gone with Dallas Goddard or Jaden Hurst, if they were available there. I thought of Courtland Sutton, Courtland Sutton, the receiver, to pair him 6'3". I mean, think of that. Mm-hmm. cool, right? Thomas, Merritt, 6'3", Sutton, 6'3". That's, that's solid all the way around. But tight end is what this team needs. And it's one of their needs. Watson's a bridge, okay? With both of those guys, one six five, and Goddard Hurst is six four. They're both two fifty or two fifty five, so they're similar. Goddard's the better pass catcher. Hurst is the better all around and blocker. So if Hurst is there, a guy the team met, I could easily see them going with him easily, and I did with one mock draft. Hurst was taken in the other one, so I went with. Dallas Goddard makes perfect sense. Can come in, start right now, really help you. And then I started thinking of what I just told you, though. All those quarterbacks that I'm playing, golf, Wentz, all the teams in the NFC that have pretty decent offenses that I got to beat, not only this regular season, but if I want to get to the Super Bowl. And I just imagine if you have two corners that can shut down some areas. I mean, Alexander has a 35-inch vertical, and Hayden Hurst at 6'4 has a 31. So the guy can now jump a 6'4 tight end. He has ball-catching skills left and right, interceptions, speed, 4-340. Here's the other element, punt return. Guy has punt return touchdowns. He has almost 500 yards in his career, like, returning punts. Last year, Alvin Kamara was kind of doing some of those big plays. Do you want arguably your best offensive player returning punts now? All right? I mean, it's almost like the, the Pierre Thomas syndrome. Remember when Pierre Thomas first got here? It was special teams. He ran back kicks. 
He ran back a, a, a touchdown against Seattle in his rookie year, if you remember. But as he got more valuable in the screen game and more valuable as a running back, you couldn't afford risking him in the kicking game. So, you know, I don't know if you want to do that with Alexander, but he brings you that element to it. Plus, here's the other thing. If I take Lattimore out, Crawley, Mollette, Robinson, Moore, as in Sterling Moore, P.J. Williams, those are your cornerbacks right now for the New Orleans Saints. Who scares you on that much? So if I can get Lattimore and Alexander on the edges, Robinson and Tate Crowley was a good starter at the very least give me depth or it could give me I mean you need three, four DBs a lot of times on the on the field. That that kind of solidifies that secondary for a while. Next four years, right? Easy. And Lattimore, Williams, um, you know, you add Bell, who's a young safety, Alexander's in there, and it also you can cover that quarterback holds the ball just a little bit longer, helps the pass rush, and you added some depth and some help at linebacker. So, dude, I, I think I talked myself into Jerry Alexander, the quarterback from Louisville last night. Hmm. Gus can talk all day about the NFL draft, and he will later <laughs> on on his show. Uh, people want to listen, Gus. Where can they hear you at? Uh, ESPN 100.3. Give us a buzz from 12 to 3, or you can listen on the TuneIn Radio app and follow us on ESPN Radio NOLA. Gus, enjoy the draft and the Pels maybe this weekend. Thank you, sir. Yes, baby. Thank you, bud. Gus Catgill from ESPN New Orleans. He's fired up on this Tuesday night. How dare you? How dare you say (laughs) our Pels? I want to talk about NBA all year long, and you've shushed me. And now you claim the Pels as your own. Uh, Despicable. Sean Payton will be uh, teeing it up at the Zurich Classic today in the Pro-Am. He's got his draft stuff done. Eight picks, as uh, Gus mentioned, but only uh, two in the first uh, three rounds. They got that 27th pick in the first round, and then the third round, 91st overall. Then a number coming after that. You look, everybody talks about the success last year. It really, truly was amazing with Kamara. Lattimore, uh, Ramchick, and you know if you forget about Marcus Williams. No, I don't. Well, just in terms of him being that draft class and just you know the icing on top of the cake. Absolutely. He mentioned Cortland Sutton, of course, the kid from SMU. And I, you know, I understand people are in love with his size and his speed, but I go back to that bowl game at Louisiana Tech. Shut out. He was invisible. <laughs> invisible. He was. Um, yeah, and the Saints can go numerous ways. I want to play a game with you in the next segment. Oh, We're going to include the NFL draft in this. Lane Burrows will join us at 8.30 for his weekly visit. Your calls, your texts. Welcome to Data Day, 993-7762. We're back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, 
Do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. What does it take to live an uncommon life? Here's former Super Bowl winning coach Tony Dungy with today's Uncommon Moment. Michael Westbrook was a gifted wide receiver for the Washington Redskins and Cincinnati Bengals during an eight-year NFL career. He had succeeded at every level of football. Then at a relatively young age of 30, he retired and became active in mixed martial arts. Why? Because apparently he never even liked football, but felt he needed to play because it was expected of him. Many of us have experienced the expectations of others, but God made you the unique person you are. If your dreams develop in the process of seeking God's will and fit within his purposes, follow them. He wouldn't have given them to you if they were not important. Tony Dungy, author of the popular Uncommon book series. Discover more at CoachDungy.com. That's CoachDungy.com. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. A couple texts here, uh, Jake, before we get to your game you want to play. Uh, Shane C. says they need to make the games ugly to beat the Warriors in reference to the Pels in the next matchup if, of course, the Warriors can finish off the Spurs tonight. Trent uh, says uh, Coach Fobbs is great. Can't believe nobody's hired uh, or tried to hire him. Uh, they took a dumpster fire and turned them into a great team quick. You are right. All right, game time. All right, what you got? So I'll make this easier. I wanted to see – I wanted to play this with you because – and people can text in as well. You're not a huge NFL draft guy. No, but I enjoy it. I like the storylines. I like the intrigue. I like the drama, the suspense. But it you, – you're not – I'm a, not going, you know – Didn't you used to say you, you don't typically watch it? I watch I watched the first 10 or so picks. Okay. And then after that, it gets a little tough. Okay. Or if we have a local kid that, you know, keeping close tabs on and whether sure. or not they're going to get picked and where they're going to get picked. Sure. Okay. All right. So with that said, I wanted you to tell me your top three events of the things I, I'm about to say. This okay. is all off the field. Okay. I'm ready. Give me your top three, and then I want you to rank your top three. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write off some things for you. Okay. I'm going to jot them down and take notes here. NFL draft. All right. Signing day. Ooh. NBA draft. Way down the list. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one. NFL schedule release. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll cheat here. Any trade deadline. Oh, yeah. Any trade deadline. Mm. Uh, the March Madness bracket release. Now that. Yeah. And bowl announcements, mm. including the college football playoff. Mm. So those seven good. things, right. what are your top three things that you look forward to as far as off-the-field sporting events? Uh, March Madness, the uh, selection show. When it was on CBS, number one. Oh, <laughs> take, take the alphabet out of it. <laughs> uh, number two, I would go to the NFL draft. Okay. Uh, Over bowling the, the Signing day, you have to have kind of an asterisk with this. Now, if there's major suspense and it's one of our kids, and, of course, it's coming down to a couple of big-name schools and programs, and you haven't been tipped off and you're not exactly sure where they're going to go, that's pretty good. That is fun, although the hat, the hat, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The hat game? The hat game typically gives it away. 
mm-hmm. meaning the nicest hat is usually the one that he's picking. Did you, have you never played yeah, the hat look, game? Look you this. can usually tell by look the, at this analysis. Look right. at the hats they have up there. Usually they go to Walmart for the other two. Like, oh, we just need to have them because <laughs> we're gonna have to throw those away. Right. Really the nicest away. one usually is the hat they pick. Mm. Just a little trick for you. All right. So I'll go uh, March Madness selection show one, and then uh, draft two signing day three. Uh, no love for bowl announcements. Mm, not really. Oh, I enjoy bowl announcements. Uh, that trade deadline thing is way down on the list. <laughs> Schedule release is certainly way down Schedule there. Schedule release is last. <laughs> you don't like the NBA draft? No. I can't man. imagine you would. Especially with uh, – and then you throw in how many foreign players can you pick that you've never heard of? <laughs> That's the only thing. Who I... is this guy? And then they show this grainy footage uh-huh. where it's like a team manager Although, up with his iPhone shooting and, the and, game. And used to, you used to not take those seriously because they – hardly ever work out but as of late they're starting to so now you gotta now you gotta pay attention to it a little bit now all right how's your list different than mine i would have nfl draft number one that one's easy for me uh probably then march madness then bowl announcements Hmm. so i I like signing day it's just you know sometimes it goes overboard is it almost too attention for some of the kids yes But it's I don't complain like like most people do. Most people act like it's I don't know a generational problem and the worst thing to ever happen. I'm just well, like, you are 25. It's not like you're that 26, many, man. <laughs> that many years <laughs> past it. Um. So uh, answer me this then: you, you are you more or less excited for this NFL draft in, in comparison to years past? I get more excited. Just because of the number of quarterbacks and how everybody thinks this is going to be this class, it's going to be one of those that we remember for years, and then so many different wild cards involved in it. And quite frankly, you mentioned it, Cleveland. I mean, they're the team that you look at. And you don't know. Yeah. You don't know. How often is it that you don't know the top two teams and what they want to do? Hmm. They could go so many different routes, and that's what's intriguing. But – all right, here's how I really can tell if you're if you're looking forward to this draft or not. Have you planned your Thursday around watching? I have not. No. Okay. No, All not. right, no, there it is. No doubt about that. You got a schedule. We don't have a local game though going on, I believe Thursday. I don't think so. No. I think Friday's the earliest the second round starts. Mm. Could be wrong. Uh, Tape. If you had to make your list, uh, what would you put number one of those events off the field? Run through them again, right quick. Draft, signing day, uh, NFL schedule release, any trade deadline, March Madness selection show, and, of course, the bowl announcement show. Well, definitely the draft. Tabor's got his head on straight. Glad. It's it's, it's all the rest of them and then the draft by itself. Thank you, Doc, for this uh, commentary expert analysis. You are paid well. Cleveland sucks, according (laughs) to Doc. He has been going after Cleveland today, hasn't he? (laughs) Yes. 888-993-7762. Coming up next, Lane Burroughs from Louisiana Tech joins us for his weekly visit. Coming off a huge week and now a big matchup again with the Raging Cajuns out at J.C. Love Field. Coach Burroughs joins us after the break.
When people get sick, they need a doctor. When cars get sick, they need Autoplex Automotive. So if your check engine light comes on, you have an electrical problem, need brake work, or just an inspection sticker, they do it all. They're a full service shop that can perform any BG service and stand behind their work with a parts and labor warranty. They even offer towing service. Autoplex Automotive, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. When your car's sick, call 855-4483. The North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. The all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadet Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Today's Louisiana Tech Report brought to you by Legacy Rehab. They offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for many of our local health care facilities. Whether it's sports medicine, pediatrics, or chronic pain management, Legacy covers it all. Serving locations in Ruston, Monroe, Bastrop, Farmerville, Bernice, Menon, and South Arkansas. Call 255-5980 for more information. That is Legacy Rehab. On Tuesday mornings around 8.30, we love catching up with Lane Burroughs from Louisiana Tech. Coach, how are you doing this morning? Doing good, Aaron. How are we doing? I enjoy having these conversations after you go, what, uh, 4-0 this past week compared to last week when you were coming off a 1-3 yeah. week. I, I think they go better. A lot better. It's, it's easier to talk about, a lot more fun to talk about it when when you don't lose a game during the week. But, uh Hey, you got to take the good with the bad uh, when you're in this business and pretty much every business. So we roll with it either way. Lane, I always like to throw you a curveball or two. And before we get into what you guys accomplished this weekend and, of course, the big matchup tonight with the Cajuns, i got a fashion question for you on the diamond. Are you ready? Okay. All right, I, I, you know how kids nowadays, or it was like a trend in the 90s where, you know, they start wearing their pants all the way down to their ankles I yeah. see that you, you are a big believer in the stirrups, and you want the socks to be shown, especially on your uniform. Is that you just being old school? Probably so. I think I never did like the, and still don't like the long, uh, baggy look at the bottom. I guess I'm just, like you said, old school and getting old. But, uh, yeah, sometimes I go with the socks or the stirrups, and uh, I guess it is. That's that's the way I like it. I think that's the way they should be worn. And But uh, most people don't like it that way, and, 
you'll see in college or high school, whatever the big leaguers are doing, that's what uh, those guys are usually going to do. But, yeah, I came up in a time where we didn't have the vacuum ones. They kind of went mid-calf, and you'd either have to pull them up or, or look kind of strange with it going mid-calf. So uh, I, I like to go all the way up with them, and uh, that's just my taste. It isn't everybody. So uh, to each his own, I guess. Well, the Bulldogs continue to look good. Just a sensational week, and what you guys are now doing at the plate uh, really a, a fantastic stretch here where you've scored 10 or more runs in each of uh, your what your past uh, five games. What is that like to see the offense now come to life behind this pitching staff? It's unbelievable. You knew it was there uh, the whole year, and, and uh, you're just waiting on these guys to break out. And as you know, I, I know it's an overused deal, but hitting is contagious. You've been around baseball enough, and once some guys get going and, and everybody can breathe a little bit, and um, sometimes I think hitters uh, – we always talk about it's the hardest thing to do in sports, and it really is. And I think sometimes they, they, they press too hard or, or they care a little too much, and uh, it, it's a, such a mental battle. And, and uh, all, it do, all it does is take one guy to get going, and then the next guy gets going, and then it's, you, you come to the ballpark or you get on the bus and you just feel it, man. And, and we could feel it this weekend, and you knew we were going to score runs, and, and our guys are playing with confidence. And that, that's half the battle, uh, get, getting up there with confidence, knowing you can win the battle. and. Uh, it isn't some magic potion that we suddenly found. And I know Coach Krill has been working his tail off of those guys, and our guys have continued all year to, to work hard. And they've taken some heat because guys like David Leal are throwing up zeros and we're not scoring. And But they stayed with it. And, uh, man, alive, the last five games have been fun because uh, when you score double digits and our pitchers, the way they've been throwing the baseball, you know you're going to have a chance to win. And the other thing about last week, besides facing two quality opponents, and we mentioned it when we had you on the show last week, you guys were going to face some adversity just being on the road and the travel and throw in the weather. What was it like to see your team respond first against the Cajuns in a midweek game and then go to Marshall and sweep them? I believe that was the, the first sweep by a Louisiana Tech team in the history of Conference USA. A road yeah, that's what I heard after the game uh, on Sunday. But our guys – wasn't a lot of rah-rah stuff going down to Lafayette, and uh, you just felt it. Uh, they were kind of quiet, and you kind of wonder, man, what do we got going here? What's the what's the vibe and the pulse of the team? But uh, they just had a good batting practice when the game started. We started hitting and and uh, making plays, and David was doing what David does in midweek games, and the game got kind of got out of hand and just kept pouring it on. And it, even through the weekend, we uh, any any guy we put up there to pinch hit or bringing guys off the bench, they just took great swings and. And that we're evaluating pitches at a high level and, and putting a bat on the ball. It, just, it was a good feeling that uh, guys up and down the, the lineup in the dugout were they're just seeing the ball right now. And it's one of those deals that that uh, if you could bottle it up and sell it, you would. Uh, it comes along every now and then during the season. And right now, our guys are seeing the ball well, and it's it's fun to watch. But uh, yeah, uh, Marshall's coach told me the other day after Sunday, he said you should be proud of your guys, man. That was a, a long, hard, grinding trip, and and uh, not to mention, you know, one of the things that goes on you don't talk about or people don't see is after we go to New Orleans after the Lafayette game and uh, I go down to get a shower. It's like one in the morning. I go down to the lobby, make sure everything, everything's okay. And there's five or six of our guys got computers out. They're working on homework. They're doing papers. And, and um, you know, they those guys uh, trying to get their schoolwork done. And, and so they, they're up all night doing that. And we have to get on a plane the next morning. And, and uh, we don't get to practice on Thursday because we got in late, had a few delays and, and, uh, you know, you worry about that because you're in your routine and you don't want a guys getting out of their routine. But, man, we just came out Friday and, and we're clicking on all cylinders and it, it pretty much didn't stop through the weekend. 
and then of course the early start time on Sunday. I guess it's for some of these guys, it's back to to travel ball and, and playing you know morning games. It is, and, and it's one of those deals that uh, when you're in a conference tournament at the end of the year, there's always a nine o'clock game. So, and I've played in and coached in a lot of them. So, you, you, when you talk about a nine o'clock start at seven o'clock BP and uh, we talk about baseball players being the most adaptable athletes out there and uh, with rain delays and, and having to sit around and wait and be patient. And, and that means having to get up early sometimes and get after it. And, uh, you know, Marshall didn't take that in practice. And we got to the ballpark uh, on Sunday and nobody was there. I mean, there wasn't a soul there but the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. And, and uh, we set up batting practice. We took it upon ourselves. It wasn't our field, but we set it up. And, and uh, we took BP and we tore it down and we put it back up and, and then Marshall showed up, and you're sitting there going, man, I, if, if uh, the way we've worked hard and if we come out and we're flat, I'm not going to be happy. But I think our guys had a little chip on their shoulder that they had to do that, and, and they came out Sunday and, and picked up right where they left off Saturday. And, and uh, very proud of our guys, man. They just Nobody complained, and they were very professional about the trip and, and uh, doing their school work, getting everything done, and, and uh, couldn't be more proud of our guys the way they handled it. Lane Burroughs, Louisiana Tech's head baseball coach, joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline for his weekly visit. A lot of different heroes and stars in last week's success at the plate. Uh, we have to start with Mason Robinson. He was the Conference USA Hitter of the Week, an honor he certainly deserved. Heck, he hit for the cycle against ULL and continued to hit versus Marshall. Did you realize that he was on the verge of hitting for the cycle against the Cajuns? Because I know that wasn't the case with Hunter Wells earlier this year. Well, I think well-documented. Uh, I'm not really smart, Aaron, so uh, no, I did not. <laughs> Once again, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I like to think that I'm so locked in in the, the current at bat and what's happening right now that I don't think about that stuff, and I, I really didn't. And uh, he hit a ball off the wall, and, and I even said uh, to somebody next to me, I said, that's a triple, and our, our players were screaming out of the dugout, stop, stop, and I'm like, stop. And somebody said, he, he's hitting for the cycle right now. So, no, I, I had no idea, but uh, he did have a good night, and, uh, was seeing the ball well, and so did the rest of our guys. But, you know, I told Coach Creel, I said, man, you, what are you teaching down there? you telling them to just go hit for the cycle? Because you go an entire, uh, I guess from what we're hearing, our sports information department, Brock McKee and those guys, they can't find where anybody in the history of the program hit for the cycle. And uh, lo and behold, we've had two in a couple of weeks. So uh, it's fun to watch. And, again, it's uh, you can just feel the guys pulling for each other as a coach. That, that's that's what's fun. You, you see our guys pulling for each other. You don't see any envy and jealousy. And uh, those guys are just having fun. They enjoy being around each other. When you got that, man, you know you got something special. And you may not win every game, but you know those guys are going to be having each other's back. And and uh, they were as happy for Mason and and Hunter a few weeks ago as if if any of them would have done it themselves. The good news, you beat the Cajuns fifteen to two last week. The bad news is. Uh, you got to feel like the Cajuns are going to be a little ornery when they come into your place tonight. Yeah, and, you know, you get up on them, and, and uh, you, you want your guys to be aggressive and, and keep doing things that we teach. But, you know, in baseball, you, you kind of say, hey, we got to play these guys in a week, so let's uh, let you kind of go station to station in those things. And I know it's a big rival, and it's great for the fans and, and all that. And uh, it was fun. Nothing better than walking out of that park with a big wind and, uh, big win, and, and, you know, they're going to be ready. they got a good program. We, we've seen it over and over, and uh, I talk about it all the time. Every week, every weekend, every game takes on a life of its own. and It's baseball, and we've all been a part of games or watched them where one night a team absolutely blows the other team out, and then the next night it's the exact opposite or uh, the other team can't score. And it's, uh, it's game to game, inning to inning, and 
and uh, we know they'll be ready, and it's a chance for them to go on the road and, and for them to get a good RPI win, uh, and us as well. So it's our last midweek at home, uh, last non-conference uh, game at home, so an opportunity for our fans to come out. I know they will because it's uh, UL Lafayette, and uh, and it's a good, beautiful weather. It'll be a good night for baseball, and uh, they'll be ready. It'll be a good college baseball game, and there's no doubt in my mind they'll come in with their hair on fire, and, and uh, we we got to be ready to challenge them. Coach, what are the challenges for a starting pitcher like David Leal to face the same team basically twice in one week? Well, I think once you see a guy more than once, even in a game, and that's what makes David so special, what he's doing is he's pitching against the same teams over and over. and uh, he's, They're seeing him four, uh, six, seven, eight times in the course of a few weeks, and, and uh, it, it definitely makes it tougher on the pitcher, in my opinion. And, but the thing about David is he commands his fastball, and and when you can do that, and, and he, I tell all young players that and uh, at camps and anytime I speak to young guys, man, if you're a pitcher, you have to command your fastball. Or you're, you're just not going to be able to pitch at a high level. And, and uh, that's one thing he does. He commands it, and his changeup's been outstanding. His breaking ball's been good, and he throws strikes. And uh, he, he pitches to contact. He gets his punch outs, and, but uh, he pitches to contact. When you do that, uh, you keep your defense engaged. You keep your team engaged. And, there's no doubt that's why he's having success. But, yeah, to answer your question, your point, Aaron, it's, uh, it's legitimate. It's uh, when Once you see a guy over and over, good hitters, great hitters at a high level, man, they make adjustments. And uh, when they see a guy over and over, it's hard to, to navigate through him more than four or five times. And, and that will be the challenge for him tonight. These guys just saw him less than a week ago. And finally, a quirk to the schedule for the second weekend in a row. You'll be on the road in conference play as you make a trip over to Bowling Green. What are you expecting out of Western Kentucky? They're much improved. I uh, talked to a lot of coaches in our league and just, just on the phone and, and just talking and having conversation. And everybody that's played on, man, they talk about how improved they are and they're so much better. And, and uh, we're going on the road, so you know it's going to be a challenge. It's a long trip. And, again, all the built-in excuses. Uh, we're going to have to be on the bus for 9, 10, 11 hours. And, but we handled it at San Antonio, and we handled it this weekend. And, and uh, you got to have a level of toughness and maturity about yourself to go and, and get that done. But we know they're much improved, and uh, it's going to be a battle. Uh, just look at their record and their conference record. They're a lot better ball club this year. They went out and re- pretty much uh, brought in a whole new club. So it'll be a challenge, and they're pitching it well, and, and uh, hopefully our guys will be up to the task. Coach, you continue to show off those baseball stockings. We'll see you out there tonight at J.C. Love. <laughs> will do, Aaron. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Lane Burroughs, good stuff uh, for his weekly visit. You look at uh, RPI. I had it pulled up here a minute ago. Uh, they're up to number 50. Hmm. Quite a jump in the last week or so. Yeah. What, what is it, 61? 68. Yeah. Something like that. Cajuns, of course, uh, they won two or three versus Little Rock when they uh, actually had two shutouts in that game. Right now, according to uh, WarrenNolan.com, Cajuns coming in at number 68, 22-19 overall. Um, LSU's at 57, and by the way, LSU is not ranked in the, uh, I believe, all 8, 10, 12, 14, 16 college baseball polls. First time since 2012, Mm. by the way. Uh, Real quick, I want to read David Leal's numbers last year as a sophomore at Wharton County Junior College. He threw 76 innings. He was he was a, he had a five and six record with a five point zero seven ERA, five point zero seven. And his numbers now? Yeah, uh, 
what are they now? Uh, yeah, I don't know. They're it's gone. it's around one, isn't it? Isn't his ERA around one? I'll have it as part of the parting shot. Okay. Yeah, I got a good parting shot as well. David Leal just continues to tear it up. Be a big challenge tonight versus the Cajuns. Uh, should be a nice night, and of course, a, a great crowd out there to watch these two go at it. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, our parting shots. One more opportunity for you to weigh in. 888-993-7762. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Hi, I'm Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Louisiana is more than just a place to visit. It's our way of life, and that means being outdoors. Join the nearly 2 million people who camped, bike, paddled, and hiked our state parks last year as we invite you to do the same. Every corner of Louisiana has something to offer, from the world-class fishing at Toledo Bend to paddling at Fountain Blue to exploring the ancient mounds at Poverty Point World Heritage Site. So fill up your car and staycation right here in our home, Louisiana. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Good morning. Here's the latest weather conditions for our area. Mostly sunny skies with warm temperatures and forecast for today with a high of 78 degrees. Mostly clear skies and big cool tonight at low 55. Mostly sunny skies on tap for tomorrow with a high of 78 degrees. Now, let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Tie up some loose ends from that last segment. David Leal now with an ERA of 1.55 on the year. Amazing. Really good. That's all I have. Uh, college baseball tonight, we mentioned LSU out of the rankings. They score off against Lamar tonight. They got Ole Miss this weekend as they'll travel to Oxford. Grambling's taking on Alcorn State. Talk about a quirk to a schedule. Grambling, according to schedule, does not have a series this weekend. Interesting. ULM at home versus McNeese State. Yes. All right. Parting shots. Time for parting shots. Sponsored by Knight. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night, Minnesota. Well, I'm going to tell you what, Channel 8, they've been packed it in, too. They didn't get any of this on camera. We got it. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Oh, no. Oh, no. my God. Oh, my gosh, no. I have lost my voice in excitement. I'm sick. I want to throw up. 
All right. I wanted to rush the parting shots because I want to have plenty of time to talk about this story. Okay. And it's about Arkansas women's tennis. Mm. Now, stay with me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By uh, the way, uh, tennis state championships continue in the Twin Cities uh, out at Forsyth and ULM. Yes. Okay. So, Arkansas women's tennis finished 11th in regular season play in the SEC. But they had a surprising run in the SEC tournament last week, a really strong run. It was actually enough to give the school hopes of an at-large bid to get into the NCAA tournament. Mm. However, their record is 10-16. and 16. Yeah, but they're in the SEC, and competition is extremely tough on the tennis courts in the SEC. Okay, let me finish this real quick. They're 10-16, and 16 and teams under 500 aren't eligible for the tournament. So what did Arkansas do? They found a way to get to 16 and 16 after the SEC tournament. Ooh. They traveled to Nashville to play six games in one day against Tennessee State, who, by the way, had just gone one and eight in Ohio Valley Conference play. <laughs> so they had six matches in over 14 hours. Arkansas won six times and became tournament eligible. This is just wrong. This is so wrong. They became eligible, and a spokesperson for Arkansas Athletics, Brandon Langlois, I don't know how to say his name, said he could not speak specifically to how the matches came about (laughs) or how how, much they paid Tennessee State. Or how much they paid Tennessee State. Um, Last word, tennis notes. According to them, Arkansas's athletic department as a policy won't pay in-state schools for hosting games, which explains why they had to go to Tennessee to play these games. Anyway. um, So now they qualified? They've qualified, yes, because of this. And the Tennessee State, um, this wasn't the athletic director, but somebody from Tennessee State said, we spoke to the Arkansas staff over the weekend, and they were looking to schedule three or four matches with us if possible and then find another team to play another couple with with to give them their six. On Saturday, they reached back out to us and said they were unable to find another team to play and wanted to know if we would agree to six. But what happens if there was an upset or two and uh, Tennessee <laughs> well, locked up or snuck up and, and won a game or two? That's the gamble you take. Then you'd have to say, oh, we got to add a couple more we gotta, games. we got to add to Georgia. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is there somebody, is there a co-ed over there that we can invite over here to play? Oh, we man. need a win. This that is, is so wrong. Yeah. So, so wrong. But, uh, yeah, great story on Arkansas women's tennis. They are eligible. <laughs> ben says it just means more. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Ben. Yes. <laughs> We did get a little bit to the bo- to the bottom of uh, the Wasman situation, too, yesterday with the high school playoffs. Real quick, I want to read this other text. FS says, I didn't think anyone in Arkansas was that smart. Kudos. Taking shots at Arkansas. Jeez. We have listeners in Arkansas, FS. So, from what we understand now, after the thorough investigation by the morning drive with Wasman in the postseason at 2-2, two and two, and we thought you had to play at least 15 games, correct, in high school baseball in the season? So if you don't play 15, from what I understand, you're, all, scheduled more. you're automatically uh, dropped to number 32. And then, of course, then it goes by your strength of schedule, your your power rating. And, of course, nobody had a better power rating than the 2-2 two and two Wasman Wildcats. 
But with that all said, and we joked about it yesterday, and we had some fun with it, Wildcats actually had a pretty good well, showing against Sterlington in the first-round matchup for a one versus a number two, 32. Yeah, we poked fun at the LHSA. Yeah. We poked fun at the process and just how it came to be that a two-and-two two team would make the playoffs. But, like you said, Wasserman showed up. They hung tough early, but Sterlington, of course, is one of the best teams in our area and eventually prevailed 11 and nothing mm-hmm. in that win. All right, uh, this was the big saga a couple of years ago when uh, Tom Brady's uh, Super Bowl jersey went missing from the locker room. And you remember the investigation. Yes. And, I mean, it was – and then it was learned, and there was footage of a, a media member sneaking it out of the locker room. Well, we got another story uh, like that. So this TV station in uh, Oakland, they really uh, – KGO, they have a – exclusive rights to basically interview the Warriors after a game. So it's pretty good little setup for this TV station. Well, allegedly now, the guy that does the interviews, their sideline reporter, he has been caught uh, stealing a team jacket that was that belonged to the Golden State's director of team security. So the, yeah, <laughs> of all the jackets to probably steal. The team security guy, uh, what Ralph did this Walker. Jacket look like? I don't know. That's no. that's another thing I don't understand. Whether it was just a blazer or if it was like a Golden State jersey, but uh, there's supposedly uh, footage of him walking out with this jacket out of the AT and T Center in San Antonio. Now the fallout from this, uh, he's no longer doing uh, these interviews, and of course a number of the players reportedly are upset about how the team handled this incident, and now they're refusing to do. Uh, the team's contracted interviews with KGO just as long as this reporter was handling those duties. Mm. But the reporter still has his job? Uh, he has been. He still has his job, but he's not doing those games for now. He's lucky to have kept his job. Uh, TV station said, we are taking these allegations very seriously and conducting a full investigation as a matter of policy. We do not comment about personal matters. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Yeah, the reporter has been basically he used to play in the NFL, wide receiver. What's his name? Uh, Schumann. What's his first name? Uh, I'm, uh, Compelling. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. Schumann. I can't find his first name during the story. Okay. I apologize. Well, but crazy story. And then also, besides being the uh, the director of team security for Golden State, Ralph Walker, he's also the head security guy for Steph Curry. <laughs> <laughs> this probably is not going to work out well for uh No, it's Schumann. not. No, it's not. Mike Schumann is his name, a sports anchor for Bay Area ABC affiliate KGO7. What would a former NFL player need with a blade? Maybe he's so kids big. Don't, kids don't steal. Maybe he's so big, he saw this big security guard and was like, mm-hmm. that's probably my size. Got another text here on your story and basically says SEC softball does that all the time. Mm. Interesting. Uh, what we got going on tomorrow? I got a list over here, right? You were impressed that I had a list. I was. You were. <laughs> and now you can't find it. Uh, tomorrow, uh, Sunny Ship from 247 Sports will join us. We'll talk a little LSC football and recruiting in the state of Louisiana. Dr. Jeff Counts will join us at 730. Michael Federico, ULM's head baseball coach, joins us for his weekly visit at 8 o'clock. Hey, fired up for Thursday. This has become kind of an annual event now. Thomas Morstead, the Saints punter, will join us live on Thursday. We will kick off the show with him Thursday morning, top of the hour at 7. You and your puns.
Uh, good show today, Jake. You did a fine job. Uh, thank you, Aaron. I wish I could say the same about you. The Edge is coming up next with Terry and Puff Daddy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.